This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 65. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for being here today, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest. Guy Kawasaki joins us to discuss the importance of building your personal brand. If you don't know who Guy Kawasaki is, I'll give you a quick background on this business icon. Uh, Mr. Kawasaki is a Silicon Valley investor and author of 13 empowering business books. And he's been a brand evangelist to companies like Apple, Mercedes-Benz, and now Canva. Guy was at the heart of the Apple Macintosh boom in the 80s, so he knows a thing or two about building brands. When I touched base with Guy originally, I had an idea of where the conversation was going to go, but man, did it jump in a completely different direction. (laughs) I wanted to discuss how small businesses or side hustlers like myself could build their personal brand, and this global business icon had a completely different idea. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. After our time with Guy Kawasaki, we're highlighting another Money Master of the Week. But first up, let's learn about business development from one of the smartest business professionals out there, Guy Kawasaki. How's it going, Guy? Good, good. Very good. Great. Thanks so much for being here today. Um, I really wanted to uh, jump into a little bit of details on personal branding. I know that you have a lot of experience in this area, but first off, why don't we uh, allow you to tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe your current role with Canva? Sure. So I'm the chief evangelist of Canva. This is an online graphics design service out of Sydney, Australia. I'm a brand ambassador for Mercedes, and I'm an executive fellow for the Haas School of Business of UC Berkeley. Excellent. Well, and you've got a a lot of history, too, developing some incredible books. I think it's 13 different books, if I'm correct. And uh, being an evangelist for brands like Apple and, like you said, Mercedes and now Canva. Um, Through that history of, of of building who you are as a personal Mm -hmm. brand. I wanted to dive into a little bit of that. Uh, One of the books that uh, I had a chance to take a look at is Ape, author, publisher, entrepreneur. Uh, You talk about the importance of building a platform. Could Could you define what a platform means for people? Sure. So in that context, and I think most modern marketing context, a platform is social media. So a platform is defined by, you know, the number of followers you have on the various media that you can use to market your brand, your product, your service. But, you know, before we go there, let me address something. I have never consciously said, okay, I'm going to build my personal brand. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I want to, I want to caution people about that because when you go down that path, you think, okay, I'm going to build my personal brand. So now I've got to write a book. Well, that's not the right reason to write a book. And I've got to write a white paper and I'm going to go get speaking gigs at conferences so that everybody will know I'm a thought leader. And I just don't believe in that. Um, I think a personal brand evolves from what you do naturally as opposed to today I'm going to build my personal brand. I never that that just never enters my mind. Hmm. So if you're if you start off, like you said, 
with more of of meaning or or being able to provide value that's yeah. probably a better place to start yeah i mean i i think you should create a great product or service market the hell out of it support it you know do all that kind of stuff do what you have to do and then your personal brand naturally comes out of that i don't i don't think you know i don't think steve jobs sat down one day and said hmm i think i'll do an iphone that'll help my personal brand you know <laughs> Um, the personal brand is an after effect. It's not, it's not the goal. Got it. Got it. And, and, and as you're doing that, you're thinking about creating meaning or, or helping people in a real incredible way. You know, the, obviously the, what comes out of that is, is you're developing yourself and, and putting yourself out there. Part of that is being trustworthy, likable, you know, having the competence in that subject matter. Uh, How do people build that trust, trustworthiness? Well, I think trustworthiness, first you have to understand the sequence. And the sequence is you have to trust others before they will trust you. Now, the concept that uh, I will trust people when I know that they trust me is false. Um, the, the onus, the burden is upon you. I also think it's all about um, defaulting to yes, that, that you want to help people, uh, even though the payoff may not be obvious or something. So you're willing to pay it forward. And finally, you think like a baker, not an eater, where you're baking more pies, bigger pies. Everybody gets a piece of the pie as opposed to an eater who says, well, if you eat the pie, I eat less, so I got to eat fast. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And part of that is making sure that you know what you're talking about, right? I mean, coming, coming forward and saying, hey, I'm uh, a personal brand and I'm an expert, you got, how do you prove that? Yeah, well uh, – but see, I don't, I don't sit around thinking, well, how do I prove that I know what I'm doing? I just know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, or, or I don't, but it's not because I plotted. The, the thought process is not in my brain like prove that you know what you're doing. I'm just doing what I'm doing, and hopefully it's positive and successful so people will infer that I know what I'm doing. But I'm not holding out a sign. I'm not doing like personal brand optimization. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm just doing what I'm doing. Now, doing what I'm doing may hurt my personal brand. Hmm. Uh, for example, and I don't know where you are on the political spectrum, <laughs> right now if you look at all my social media platforms, I am heavy, heavy into politics. Mm-hmm. And let's just say that, you know, I'm not supportive of the current administration. And so, you know, theoretically, if I were worried about my personal brand, I would sit down and I would make the calculation. Well, you know, you're going to attract this amount of people. You're going to turn off this amount of people. Is it worth it to your personal brand? Hmm. That thought has never gone through my brain. My thought is, you know, this is what I believe is right and I'm doing it. And if people don't like it, they don't have to believe in me. They don't have to follow me. They don't have to like me, whatever it is. And ironically, that in itself creates a personal brand because now people have seen that I'm willing to take a political stand. I'm willing to risk my personal brand. So I have more credibility, not less. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, you know, you, you've said that in some of your, your books and your speeches too. Don't try to cater to everybody. I mean, not everybody's yeah. going to like you, right? Yeah. In fact, you can measure a person by the people who don't like him. <laughs> well, I, I like your boldness. I follow you a lot on social media, and yeah. you have some critics, some trolls, some haters out there that uh, you know, especially at your level as you start to build things yeah. up. How do you how do you deal with that? I block them. I just get rid of them. I don't give a shit. I just block them. Yep. Um, and you know, 
there's going to be, well, for one thing, they're all probably Russian, right? So what do I care? Uh, <laughs> what do I care? <laughs> well, that's great. Well, I mean, if it doesn't, if it doesn't phase you as, you know, especially as, as you've, you know, build your career in such a way where you, you want to be yourself and that, and that's, that's who you are and that's how you've continued to be so successful. I mean, you have one and a half million Twitter followers. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I mean, how did, how did you build such a following? Uh, uh, well, first of all, when it comes to anybody's follower count, it's suspect because who knows how many of those are real, how many of those are live, how many of those are still on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So that, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, uh, basically, I joined Twitter fairly early on with Twitter at a time where people were looking for people to follow. And prior to joining Twitter, I had 25 or 30 years of tech experience. So I was a, a, a known and visible entity. So back then in the pioneer days of Twitter, if you were a known and visible entity, people were looking for people to follow. So you know, if you plotted my followers against years, you would see that I probably gained 90% of that in the first two years, mm. and it's just been flat since. Um, because, you know, I mean, at that point when Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump and, you know, everybody else is in there, then, you know, who am I compared to them? Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I mean, it, it, for people who are starting out now uh, to try to build who they are, you know, obviously yeah. provide a a product that gives meaning or a, a, you know, a service that gives meaning that actually helps people. And they're looking to get out there and, and, and take advantage of social media. There's mm-hmm. so many different formats out there right now. Where should people focus to yeah. try to make a dent? Well, it obviously, or maybe not obviously, it depends on the business. Hmm. So right now I'm really into surfing. And so I'm helping a surfing brand called Pearson Arrow, um, arguably the, you know, the best surfboards in the world. And so they have a few thousand followers on Instagram, a few thousand followers on Facebook, and you know, and they're asking me the same question. And I think for a brand like a surfing brand, the only two that really matter are Facebook and Instagram. Now, so I would say that's probably true for clothing, for restaurant, for hotel, for whatever. You know, if you have beautiful stuff, beautiful pictures of surfboards, beautiful food, beautiful hotel, beautiful clothes. It's Instagram and Facebook. It might be just Instagram, seriously. Mm-hmm. But certainly it's Instagram and Facebook. Twitter, ah, man, I mean, Twitter at this point, there's so much noise. And I don't know how you stand out on Twitter anymore. Yeah. Um, so I would not advocate Twitter. And the third one that I would do if I were a professional uh, is LinkedIn. I think you could make the case that LinkedIn may be the most useful social media platform because people are much more likely to be who they say they are on LinkedIn than any place else. Hmm. So now having said that, Pearson Arrow is not on LinkedIn because, you know, people don't go to LinkedIn for surfing. Right. But if if it was a consultancy, a legal practice, you know, small business uh, that that lends itself to this kind of LinkedIn atmosphere, we'd be all over that. If, you know, if it was a web design firm or, um, uh, management consulting firm, yes, you know, all over that. But you know, how many restaurants are on LinkedIn? How many, you know, food, uh, how many, uh, fashion designers are on LinkedIn, maybe as people, but not necessarily as corporations. Right. 
So I think for most of your listeners, the order for small business anyway is probably Instagram, Facebook, or Facebook, Instagram, one or two, you know, either way. And then third is LinkedIn. Yeah. And, and let's keep on the, the topic for your, um, your surfboard company there. How important it is, is it for them to produce content outside of just making great products that get people to continue to uh, understand who, they're, who they are as a brand? Yeah. So, listen, we're exploring that as we go because, you know, it's easy to write the book and to give advice. It's another thing to actually work for a, a surfing company and actually make this happen, right? Yeah. So, you know, I can tell you that if you look at the Instagram account for Pearson Arrow, uh, the, the pictures that get the most likes are the pictures where we show a bunch of surfboards. So, you know, clearly people, I, I think it's surfboard uh, porn that people <laughs> love to look at beautiful surfboards. And so, and, and that's good. Now, can I prove to you that people looked at a picture on Instagram and bought a board? No. Uh, but it's about branding there. It's about getting awareness that, you know, when you go into Costco and you see a $150, um, wave storm, that's a foam board, or you could get the best board from Pearson arrow. I mean, you know, but you got to know that Pearson arrow exists. Mm -hmm. So it may not be your first board may not be your second board probably should be your third board though. Uh, and, and that's the kind of, you know, investment we're making. But having said all that, you know, let's think about what's the cost of doing Facebook and Instagram. Now, seriously. So, you know, a bunch of us have access to that account. When we find a great picture of a Pearson arrow or we, you know, if a famous surfer comes and picks up his quiver at the factory, we take a picture. How much did that cost? basically zero right right and so i'm not saying you should go into facebook and instagram and spend two million dollars on you know buying followers and you know placing ads i'm saying if, if somebody just took a beautiful surfboard take a picture as he's leaving a factory if you want to show how surfboards are made you know shoot a video on your iphone it's not that hard and and i yeah you know if you're mercedes-benz which is the other hat i wear mm -hmm. you have like crews come in and the place is lit and right. you know there's like a special place in the back for the crew to eat lunch and you know it's a whole whatever to show this car but let's face it that's you know five standard deviations beyond what most people do mm -hmm. if you're a small surfboard company in santa cruz and you're selling thousands of boards a year you get your phone out you take a picture i mean you know people are not expecting a, a all-day photo shoot yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, I th I think a lot for small businesses that the ability now with technology to produce decent content doesn't cost that much anymore, right? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And yeah, it it adds what sixty seconds to your delivery process, and the you know you post the picture of you and your customer getting his board, and you know then he reshares it because he's so happy to be on the Pearson Arrow social media feed, and then. Uh, he's, I a think he's, <laughs> he's a fan for life. He's a fan for life. And, you know, there's another path, which is user-generated content. So, you know, send us a picture of you and your Pearson Arrow. We'll post it. Yeah, Mercedes says, send us a picture of you and your Mercedes. We'll post it. That's free, easy content. I mean, you just have to open up an email to get that, right? Absolutely. So, 
Uh, it's not that hard. It's not that expensive. Hey, everyone. This episode is sponsored by Student Loan Hero. We often talk about how our student loan debt is crippling us from advancing in our financial lives or even our small businesses, as we're talking about that with Guy today. With a high student loan interest rate, you're giving more and more to the lender and less of your hard-earned money is going to paying down the debt. It is so frustrating. I've been there. I did not like it. Debt consolidation could be an excellent option to improve your student loan woes. Student Loan Hero has an article on the seven best debt consolidation loans out there. I'll place this link in the show notes for everyone to see, but in short... You could be lowering your monthly payments and freeing up more of your hard-earned cash. To learn more, go to studentloanhero.com or read through this article in the show notes at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 65. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. Let's jump back into our conversation with business icon, Guy Kawasaki. One thing you talk about in The Art of the Start is the ability for people to have a easy-to-understand and quickly worded mantra. You know, yes. Being able to just kind of put it out there so people understand. Not, not the corporate jargon. Yes. Why, why is that important, especially for small business owners? It, well, it's important for everybody. Uh, it could be arguably more important for big businesses because they're more tempted to do the 50-word mission statement that nobody understands and cares about. But I think it's it's just so that you can explain your business, whether it's to your spouse, to your family, uh, to your investors, potential investors, your customers, your vendors, anybody. So take Canva, for example. So Canva, we can define that company in two words, democratize design. That's all I need to do to explain Canva. Uh, Google, you could explain in two words too, democratize information. And so I think you'll see that when you need 50 words to explain what you do, you got a problem. You're missing the uh, mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, you've you've had some great success, obviously, with being evangelists for companies, authors. One thing that you've said you've personally enjoyed a lot is being a public speaker. When, yes. did, when did you start that portion of your career? I, I started that around 1987. It happened by accident. You know, uh, I wrote a book called The Macintosh Way, and I published it, and then people read it, and they started calling me to come speak to their company. And again, going back to my theory of not worrying about my personal brand, I had no idea. It's not like I sat down and said, okay, guy, here's the plan. You write the book. People are going to hire you for speeches. You build your personal brand. (laughs) Never happened. I wrote the book as a cathartic experience. The phone started ringing. I answered the phone, and I named the number. 
They said yes. Next time the phone rang, I upped the number. They said yes. I kept upping the number until people started saying no. And so that's how it went down. And 30 years later, you know, I have a personal brand. That's that's great. And, and since you've been able to up the number every time, that's probably one of your one of your favorite income resources based on the time spent, right? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it, speaking may be one of one of the greatest fears of people, but it's not for me. Now, having said that, I've been speaking for literally 30 years. So after 30 years, you better be good at something. Um, and, and for me, like I watch people and they labor and they labor and they write out every word and they rehearse and all that. But when you've given the same speech, you know, 500 times, I mean, uh, I can, I tell people when I make a speech for them, and you've seen me speak, yep. right, for, for some yep. of your clients, yep. I tell people, you, you have up till half an hour before I go on to change the speech. <laughs> and even that half an hour is because of your AV people, not me. I mean, that's, that's when you get to this point. But mm-hmm. as I said, it takes 30 years to get to this point. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's, it's a great career and very inspiring for a lot of people who are starting out. You know, I, I, there was a couple people that uh, wrote to me and had a couple questions for you yeah. that I thought I'd just give them an opportunity to sure. get a plug here. Uh, Larry Ludwig, who's from Invest, Investor Junkie, has a question for you. Uh, he says, what's the biggest mistake people make when they're trying to build their personal brand? And, you know, you and I touched on this a little bit already. Maybe that's yeah. the, maybe it's the fact of just trying to build your personal brand. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just going to say that. Andy. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Go ahead. I, I mean, that really is the answer. I, I, I think that, oh, you know, I mean, does that shoot down your entire show when I tell Not you? Not at know? all. No, I think that actually helps it a lot. I think I think <laughs> the the focus was to, you know, what we're trying to do on the show is to try to help people uh, learn the opportunities that come with entrepreneurship as well yeah. as developing your small business or side hustle to help you make more money, help your family and grow. So, you know, part of that is trying to develop who you are and, you know, getting yourself out there so people can understand your service. But yeah. your point of of trying to find something that you can help people with first and make meaning instead of building your personal brand, quote unquote, uh, makes a ton of sense. Well, that, that is basically what I'm saying that, you know, if you're sitting there with your personal brand advisor, plotting out how you're going to build your personal brand, you know, I mean, seriously, just make a great product. Everything or great product or great service. Serve great food. Make great fashion. Make great surfboards. Everything else will follow. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's easy to brand great stuff. It's hard to brand crap. So the key is don't make crap. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. <laughs> yeah. There are three words. Don't, don't make, make crap. crap. There we go. Keep That's it short, it. right? <laughs> That's it. That's all there is to personal branding. Very cool. Well, so Stephen Chen has a, a question here. He's from New Retirement. Um, he asks, and this is probably makes makes some sense as you've worked with multiple different organizations. Uh, he says, how tightly should you tie your personal brand to the company? Uh, what if you do another company in the future? Yeah, so uh, is this the founder of the company yes. we're talking yes, about? Yes, this or? is the founder of the company, yep. Well, first of all, I think the social media should be separate. 
founder versus company because founders die, founders get fired, you know, founders, whatever, retire. So it needs to be separate. The day the founder is gone should not be the end of social media and branding, obviously. So that it has to be separate. But I think if you're the founder or, you know, CXO or, you know, someone who my identity is Canva, right? And so until the day where you're gone, you're all in. You're all in for that. And it's not about, uh, you know, I'm the CEO of XYZ, but, you know, let me tell you about the consultancy I have on the side and let me tell you about whatever. And let me tell you about this book. I, read. I mean, everything should be for the brand in my humble opinion, the, the corporate brand, right? Who you're working for. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, Steve jobs was not, not out there pimping himself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact is that Steve jobs succeeded and we all know about him because of Apple. Not now, which came first, you know, he created Apple. So Apple became the brand, you know what I mean? Right. But, it's not. I guarantee you, he did not sit down there and say, "Okay, so how do I, how do I improve the Steve Jobs brand?" Uh, <laughs> that never entered his brain. Well, creating that separation makes a lot of sense. I, I completely agree. And and this whole point of of uh, not thinking about your personal brand first is 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 great. I think that'll be the name of the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, cool. So you you've been building your brand, your career, your your diversified yeah. business platforms for a long time. How did you find balance uh, with your family life and your business life uh, in order to you know kind of be successful on both fronts? Because you're a father of four, is that right? Yes. Yes. Well, first of all, <laughs> not clear that I have found balance. Okay, I'm still just, seeking it. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, the person who says they found balance is the person you should be aware, beware of. (laughs) Uh, You know, I have a very bifurcated life. When I speak, I'm on the road, and so I have heavy months. But June, July, December, I'm off the road already. Uh, There's nothing, virtually nothing. So I'm home all the time. Arguably, it's harder to manage my family when I'm home because I just disrupt every system that works when I'm not home. Um, so I, I, when I'm home, I don't go to an office. I don't, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm working at a 60 hour job and then I travel. It's I travel and then that's it. So I'm either traveling or surfing basically. Um, and that's, that's what I do. I happen to just love my children. So I, you know, we all surf together. I have a very special family in the sense that on any given day, you know, there's four of my kids in the water with me and my wife is watching from the cliff. Uh, and I, I have a teenage daughter who's 16 and every weekend we go surfing. She just doesn't care about shopping and partying. Now, I don't know how long that's going to last, but you know, till it ends, I'm going to, you know, soak it up. Take advantage of it while you can, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, I'm going to place the books that we mentioned today in the show notes. Uh, we'll have people check those out. As you were, um, you know, going along your entrepreneurial journey, was there a book that was really influential to you sure. that helped you? Sure. Probably the most influential book was a book called If You Want to Write by Brenda Uland. Uh, and it's for writers, but it's for anybody doing anything, really. If you want to program, if you want to market, if you want to cook, if you want to paint, uh, 
It really set me free. Uh, that's the book I most recommend to people. Okay. Second book is influenced by Bob Cialdini, social psychology book. Where's the best place people can follow you? Obviously, we talked about Twitter and learn um, more about the Guy Kawasaki brand. Well, if they want to see what's going on in my personal life, it's Instagram, where I'm Guy Kawasaki. If they want to see what I really care about, it's LinkedIn, where I'm Guy Kawasaki. Um, but I'm warning you right now, if you follow me on LinkedIn, be prepared for a heavy liberal slant. <laughs> because I believe in science, I believe in vaccines, I believe in women's rights, <laughs> I believe in climate change, I believe in a lot of stuff, okay? That's so good. know what you're getting into if you follow me on LinkedIn. There's nothing wrong with being passionate about what you believe in. That's great. All right. Take care, Andy. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Man, I absolutely loved that conversation. Talk about learning from an expert. Oh, my gosh. My main takeaway from my conversation with Guy is as simple as he stated. Do not focus on building your personal brand. Focus on building a product or service that truly provides value and meaning for people. Your personal brand will follow with your business success. Short, simple, and to the point. For all you entrepreneurs out there or those of you looking to get into business or get it off the ground, these words will hopefully be relieving to you. This is one less area that needs your attention this year. Put your focus back into making your product or service the best it can be. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. 26-year-old Liz from Canada called in to share some big news with us. Take it away, Liz. Hi, everyone. My name is Liz, and I blog over at ambitiousadulting.com about personal finance and travel. I am 26 years old, and I live in Canada, and my net worth just hit $100,000, so I am pretty proud about that. Um, I did this by buying a house last year and putting a 20% down payment and renting out the rooms. I also don't have a car, so I save a lot of money that way, and I walk to work. I graduated debt-free from university, and I did that by working full-time and applying for multiple grants and scholarships. So that's my win for the week, and I'm excited to share that with you. A $100,000 net worth at 26 years old. I'm not kidding, Liz. My net worth at 26 was more than likely negative $100,000. The fact that you're even tracking your net worth at 26 means that you're on the path to major success. Way to go. Outside of the net worth milestone and graduating from college debt-free... Liz is on her way to buying her next rental property as well. She saved up $40,000 and will be locking down that new house this year. As Liz mentioned, you can learn more about her adulting success at ambitiousadulting.com. Liz, congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. If you have a recent financial victory you want to share on this show, please email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail like Liz did at marriagekidsmoney.com slash voicemail. I'll leave all of this information in the show notes at marriagekidsmoney.com slash session 65. The Young Family Wealth Playbook is in the final stages of completion, my friends. This is a seven-step guide that summarizes all of the main points that I've learned from the 50-plus guests I've had on this show over the past year. 
self-made millionaires, personal finance experts, and even business icons like Guy Kawasaki. (laughs) So it's been a great year, and I wanted to create a resource that summarized all of this great information on helping you to build wealth for your family. If you want to be the first to receive this resource, this free resource, join our Marriage, Kids, and Money community at the top of the homepage at marriagekidsandmoney.com. If you're already a member and you receive our bi-weekly emails, you are golden. I'll be sending this wealth-building resource in the next couple of weeks. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Simon Sinek. The value we provide most to others is the same value we appreciate most from others. Great words to live by in business and life. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.